Hi, Gauri here. We've collected the best insights from the first 20 Knowledge Base Ninjas episodes into a clear and concise ebook. Simply send a blank email to ninja at bcast.email. That's ninja at bcast.email and it will be sent right back to you. Thank you. Welcome to the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Where Gauri Ramkumar of Document360 finds the best SaaS self-service knowledge bases in the world and then interviews their creators. Let's get started with today's episode. Good day everyone. Our guest today is Kavita Kandapan, technical writer at AMD. hundreds of millions of consumers leading fortune 500 businesses and cutting edge scientific research facilities around the world rely on amd technology daily to improve how they live work and play welcome kavita to knowledge base ninjas podcast how are you doing today hello gauri thank you for in- introducing me to the group i'm doing great how are you today fantastic i'm doing great kavita so thank you once again for joining us in this uh, series um so just to get everything into context please help us understand a little bit more about yourself your business and how you initially got into documentation that's great yes so i have been in technical writing for over 17 years now when i started out technical writing but no knowledge about the writing process i have a english major and i came to us i didn't know what to do one of my neighbors asked me hey you have english i'm trying to write this website content can you help me slowly he said hey we need to do some user manuals can you help me and i had no idea what it was i had no idea what tools they were using they were using something called help and manual at that point and that's where my journey into technical writing began Right now I'm doing technical writing. I'm the technical writing manager at AMD for the CPU Epic CPU team. So we do a little different type of writing here on the team and all my writers, you know, that I work with are engineers, typical CPU engineers. So they develop these collaterals for partners and customers and users. they do some sort of documentation too and my role is to make sure we are following technical writing best practices uh, we are addressing the user addressing the user needs making sure the message is concise and clear uh, and making sure the message is available and accessible so those are the things i'm taking care of at amd um amd i can't talk for the entire business i'm part of the epic amd epic processor unit um we are doing great at this point we are growing we have a lot of pain points when it comes to documentation that we are slowly addressing at this moment mhm fantastic so 17 years of experience as technical writer you must have lots to share with us so just I'm to start you. with <laughs> so what do you what is your documentation process and who do you normally get involved i think you briefly touched upon touched upon this point in in the last few seconds but share us a little bit more about your documentation process please yeah thank you for that question so my technical writing process when someone brings me uh in for their documentation requirements 
I want to know who are we writing, who is my audience? How do they consume this content? Where do they need it, right? And what is the first thing they need? What is the last thing they would like to have? So I want to understand the user first. Um, this actually, I need to thank one of my you know, previous managers at Cisco, Ishita Grover. She, when she hired me at um, Cisco, told me, hey, become the product expert. Technical writers should be the product expert experts. So you understand the product and you understand how the users approach the product so you can deliver what you need for the customers. I'm not quoting her exactly, but this is what she kind of told me when she hired me on the job, I think back in 2012, so that stuck to me. Until that point, I would do whatever the hiring manager or engineer want me to do. They will say, hey, this is a feature. This is a product. Can you write for this? Because I was doing mostly consultant projects for startups. So I would go in at the very end. I would take a product. I would create content for them. I'll give it to them. Come back, right? That's about it. Mm-hmm. And then when I got to Hitachi and then I slowly evolved as a writer. But when I got to Cisco is where I really understood, hey, we are doing it for this guy who's sitting in a corner in a data center trying to figure out how to configure the storage or network or whatever, right? So that understanding of the customer is what, or the user is what I really need as a writer when I start looking into any writing assignments. Very good, Um, very nice. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, I'm sorry. Can you please ask me the question once more because I I just got too much into the user perspective. No worries, no worries at all. I think you were uh, coming to the point. So what's your documentation process? So, yeah, the people are involved, right? So I, let's say we are talking software documentation. So I want access to the product. As a user, I go navigate in the product and I see how does that work? Where does that work? For example, I'm working on right now another product. I cannot talk about the product as such, but I have access to the UI and Mm -hmm. I go through it and I understand what is it. And I find gaps in between also that I take it back to the engineering. That's that apart and then I try to understand the product and then I ask the engineers hey what is the logic behind this who's going to use this can I talk to the user who's the product manager who's the QA guy because mostly the QA guys are the ones who find the bugs that I need to put in the release notes right that's part of our documentation as well and then the QA guys are the most feeders for troubleshooting bits as well because without troubleshooting tips the documentation is incomplete You want to tell them how to do it, where to do it, what to do, what not to do. And also you want to give them basic troubleshooting tips so you can later avoid the support costs that we will incur from the product as well. So I talk to all these people, understand the product requirement perspective from product management, work with engineering and understanding how to integrate the online help into the product. Are you going to do this? in the cloud or you're going to integrate in inline help tools that what kind of support content do you need in the product? What Who is going to review and approve the product, right? The documentation as well, because I am looking at documentation user perspective. Somebody else is looking at the product perspective as well. So these are the people I get involved um, with in the process of creating documentation. 
Good, uh, very that's... nice. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just talking about the important factors to consider. What, what, what's according to you the most important factors um, you consider while doing documentation? Clarity and purpose in my content is very important to me. Um, when I say clarity and purpose, I want to look at the exact action task, if you will, that the user need to accomplish using this content. We all know nobody reads documentation. All of us in this business, we know nobody wants to read documentation. Nobody reads documentation. Yet we create documentation because there is going to be this one moment when they're going to say, hey, what the hell is this? How do I do this, right? We are creating all of this content for that one moment. When they are in that moment, we don't want to give them pages and pages of content to navigate through to find the one thing that they want to do. So make it clear, hey, this is the prerequisite. This is the task. This is what you will get. In case these three things happen, this is what you do. That's the kind of clarity and purpose I want in my documentation. That's what I'm driving at whenever, every time I create any content. Very nice. So it's very short and crisp, clarity and purpose. Very nice. Clear. Yeah, minimalism yeah. is part of it. <laughs> you know, when I say minimalism, when we say short and crisp, there is this conception that we, we forget to give the context, right? We do write context. We want to tell them how and why before telling them what, right? We want to build the context around this particular action because then it will become too, too minimal, right? For every screen, we'll say, do this, do this, do this. Then that's going to be very inadequate as well. We want to tell them why you do this, what happens if you do this or if you don't do this. At the same time, we also want to tell them what exactly you need to do. So let's say we have all levels of experience coming into this product world doing things that they're doing. So if we have an experienced admin or an experienced user, they probably wouldn't go to the context at all. They will directly go see the task and do what they need to be, uh, what needs to be done and do it. But we are getting new hires every day and somebody new hire who was new to this environment wants to learn what it is. That's when the context, building context around your content becomes very helpful. So when I say minimalism, clear, concise, crisp, I'm not discounting the need for the context, the, the, the story behind why you're doing those things. But even in the story, use smaller sentences. Don't write sentences that are one paragraph long. You know, use shorter sentences, direct voice, address the user, you know, use active voice. Those are the kind of things that I really care for. Mm-hmm. Great. So, um uh, I'm, I'm sure you must have uh, uh, measured this in some way or the other, but do you think mm-hmm. uh, you you can measure the reduction in workload uh, or the or do you think you can measure the ROI of uh, your documentation uh, uh, in, into your work? That's a great question. And that's one of my topics forever. Every time I talk to leadership, asking for resources, asking for you know, budgeting for my tools and stuff. I always tell them, hey, you cannot measure documentations or by directly. You cannot really put numbers how, on how documentation supports user needs. But look at customer satisfaction, right? You have CSAT surveys. You have uh, the number of support calls. How do you reduce support calls? How many support calls do you get? Let's say you have a robust product with such a messy documentation. 
that the customers, instead of going to documentation, they just pick up the phone and call your customer support. If you have a support contract and the customers are paying only so much, but they're calling for more uh, support, you're losing money, right? Mm-hmm. So when sure. I, um, that's th- those are the, let's say, support calls, reduction in support calls. Um, the number of clicks on documentation, you know, when you when you go look at site analytics um, in your documentation, um, then you, and then the, the customer advocacy board, you know, stuff where you talk to customers, the feedback you get from people, that's how, to my understanding, we can measure the ROI of documentation rather than putting numbers to it. Okay, great. So, um... Thank you. Uh, are you currently generating any organic search traffic from your knowledge base? At this point, uh, where I am right now, I'm kind of new to AMD. It's been um, eight months now. So I'm currently working on creating a robust documentation experience for customers. So no. Okay. So how big is your team currently with AMD? So if you ask, my team is very, very, um, I, I cannot say it's, everybody writes, every engineer writes. So we are about 60, 43 to 60. So everybody writes. Okay. So you cannot fact- measure it um, mm-hmm. from, you know, number of writers because I am part of this, um, this epic group. We have software and hardware. Our software team is developing, it's growing. So I cannot put a number to the writers. We do not have any direct technical writer writers. It's all everybody writes. All right. So in that sense, how do you measure the quality of your documentation if everybody is uh, writing um, certain yeah. parts of the content? Yeah, that, that's where I'm creating these processes and guidelines for every writer, you know, giving templates. And then it everything goes through me and legal at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do all of the, make it, to make sure the language is, you know, we are adhering to brand guidelines, the language is industry standard. So that, those are the basic steps that we are taking at this point, but I'm sure we will evolve when our software documentation team, you know, we are, we are looking at the requirements. We have a lot of requirements and, and that evolves. I think we will have to look at different options to scale and deliver quality. Super. That's great. I know it's it, it's one of those uh, hard things to do, right? Reviewing other people's uh, documents. And uh, I think the most important thing is how do you tell them that you need to change? <laughs> I know. I know. So I know. So I always start with the disclaimer, hey, that there's nothing personal about it. Yeah. This is how it should be. Let's do it this way. And then um, the review process and feedback process is, you know, everybody is open because everybody wants to do it right. So uh, we, we are working with a great team of people at AMG. So it's not as difficult as it, it could have been if it's a different place. Still, it's sometimes when it comes from very senior people with a lot of experience, I have to really think about, you know, how I'm approaching this, what kind of language am I using? I mean, trying to, you know, it's, it's, but they consider me as authority and writing as well. So it, it works both ways. It's great. Both ways, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so at at yeah. the end of the day, it's all in the interest of customers, right? <laughs> Absolutely. It's customer experience and how are we communicating the messaging, right? That's yeah, yeah. very important. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. So let's now move on to our rapid fire round. Um, so who have you learned the most about documentation from in your career? In my career? 
who have I learned the most about documentation from Cisco. Undoubtedly, okay. yeah, undoubtedly Cisco, because Cisco, you know, I can talk about everybody, the people who helped me. There's a lot of people. If you want names, I can just give a few names. Of you know, start with Ashita Grover, Jane Cradlin, Jane Allen, um, Sonali Natarajan. Those were the people who helped me evolve in every different direction in documentation. Um, and then uh, I, I learned about the different types of tools we can use, data, uh, how to lead people, you know, manage multiple documentation projects, and how we can create this holistic content experience and content strategy, information architecture, everything. And when I moved on to GE, that gave me another unique opportunity to lead a team of 32 people and build this content experience for software, cloud, you know, you know, uh, it was it was a holistic documentation experience. So um, when I say Cisco, undoubtedly, um, I'm too, too um, what do I say? I, I'm too partial to Cisco. I love that place. I, I moved on from there at some point for convenience purposes, though. But it's every single experience, you know, starting from the little startups I used to work with between 2003 and 2010. Every place taught me something new. And I'm learning a whole lot of new things at AMD. But to look at documentation holistically, to approach documentation from customer perspective, to be able to collaborate with multiple people to get this one document done. Let's say we had one configuration, right? We had four people contributing for that at Cisco. So making sure the voice and tone, the language, the content, everything is user-focused while we're not losing integrity of technology. So that is, Cisco was my, my university in technical writing. Mm-hmm. Nice. So can you share a documentation-related resource you have consumed recently? Yes, I was looking at AMD security documentation. Um, this is called um, Application uh, Programmers Manual, um, something like it, APM. Yeah, Application Programmers Manual, because I was recently tasked with looking, uh, creating uh, some content for one of a very niche, unique um, CPU security um, feature that was being released. And I wanted to learn how that feature fits into the big picture, how that enables security and CPU and all that. And I was reviewing that content. It was like, I'm telling you that we need to restructure our content. It was like thousand page PDF. I was, um, I was awestruck that people maintain that kind of documentation. You know, very, very minute details, all engineering perspective. There was nothing for the user. So I'm working with the team to you know, develop a strategy. It's going to take a time. It's going to take a while at AMD to establish that because, you know, we want to move fast. We want to move forward. We also want to make changes, but it's there's a lot of um, need for resources. So we are going to work on it. We will. Fantastic. So what is the one piece of documentation-related advice you would give to your 20-year-old self? Um, don't be scared to talk, right? Yep. And then you will never learn enough when it comes to documentation uh, because there's always this one thing that will elude you when you're looking at the product and the, uh, and the customer experience. Unless you learn who the user is, you cannot provide them what they want. So you, that's a great question. I'm thinking, again, I looked at your question earlier, but 
on my 20 year self, um, I was more looking at what the engineers wanted, what the product managers wanted. And I wasn't looking at what the users wanted. So if you give me the opportunity to go back 17 years and re-rate most of my content, I would do it happily today because I didn't do justice to the user. So your, your customers are your content users. Make sure you address their needs before you satisfy your engineering and product managers because they look at it from the other side of the table. You should be hovering over the table looking at both sides not looking at one side only. That would be the advice that I would give myself. Very nice. Very different uh, to other um, uh, podcast um, interviewers I had in the past. Very nice. So, Kavita, before we uh, conclude, is there anything else you would like to share with us uh, and to the audience? You know, technical writing is really not that complex And it's a challenging field that gives you insights into technology from a very different perspective that most people will lack because you get to see the 360 degree of a product, get into it, enjoy your career. Thank you so much for asking me speak today, Gauri. I really appreciate this opportunity to reach out to the audience. Thank you. Thank you once again, Kavita, for sharing your unique experience and your journey. Just to reiterate some of the points you spoke to us in the last 20 minutes or so. So you've got ample amount of experience as technical writers. Just to reemphasize, it's 17 years you've been in this um, um, industry or area. Um, and that, that speaks a lot. And um, for you, clarity and purpose are the key factors when it comes to documentation. And of course, what's the advice you would give to your to youngsters is putting customers first in mind while creating documents and just not writing documents for uh, for the team or for the management. So again, all these are very valuable uh, thoughts and um, um, points that our listeners would enjoy. And once again, appreciate the time spent with us today, Kavita. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, have a good day. Thank you, Gauri. Thank you. You too. Have a great day. Take care.